My Mac Podcast number 223, post Mac World and maybe post Steve Jobs. You're listening to the MyMac.com podcast with your host, Tim Robertson. And the Macworld Expo is over, and we're all back in our regular digs. Unfortunately, I'm missing equipment. Guy, I think my one-eighth to one-quarter inch adapter is stuck on the bottom of your microphone. Which, of course, I can't find. Yeah, And, and, and even and, if I could find it... Yeah, it's like, not going to do me a lot of good. absolutely no good. <laughs> no. But, not, not, but until what, s- not until Skype builds that matter transmission feature into the... Uh, into the, the only software. reason I want to know for a fact that it's there, so I will stop looking here. Uh, when I can't find something, I cannot stop looking. So that's it's driving me nuts, obviously. So uh, obviously, this is not going live up on UStream. Well, it is. It's just me. It's boring the tar out of the people that's in the UStream because they can't hear you guys. They can only see and hear me, and that's just a, a fate worse than death. I, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. But hey, <laughs> they're still there. So, <laughs> and I've got my MyMac shirt on. So, Guy Searle, all the way from Virginia. Hello. Hey. Are you uh, finally caught up on sleep from all the great flight attendants waiting on you hand and foot? You yeah. were so comfortable in the flights there and back. Well, I, I think it was it was you know the fact that they came over and did the whole uh, Shih Tzu uh, body massage while we yeah. were on our way out to San Francisco. That really helped. That I really appreciate helped. that. Thank you, you Northwest. Dog, you had a dog massage your body. <laughs> yeah, it was a cute dog too. It was on a leash. Yeah. They didn't let it run. Unfortunately, it pulled a little bit on his leg. But you know that that goes without saying. So, David Cohen, hello, hello. Are you glad that the MacWorld Expo is over? So you're you're not feeling left out anymore? It, well, it it was weird because it's the whole last couple of weeks has been a real roller coaster ride of debate and uh, what was going on and what's not going on and some of the stuff that going on outside the show was you know causing more ructions than what's been going on at the show so it's it's been kind of bizarre really i think i would have been i think i would have been better in the middle of it if i could have uh, if i could have done that but that's that's the way it goes our very yeah. first uh, guest that we ever had on the podcast was dr mac bob levitas and he is joining us hello bob is that true yeah you were the I'm very so- first guest yeah oh I'm honored. It's nice I, to I join think again. The, it's the been first all one, downhill since it's then. It's been downhill since. <laughs> the, the first one that you did was pre-Tiger. It was right before Tiger came out. I can't so, remember that far back. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I was talking to, um, I, I think it was you, Guy, that uh, Bob was coming on the show, and I thought, wait a minute, I think he was the first guest, and I went back and looked, and sure enough, you were the very first guest we ever had, back when Chad Perry was the co-host. Right. I don't even think I was doing uh, – no, I couldn't have been doing the Dashboard Minute at that point if Tiger hadn't come out. No, no, it was it was a long time ago. So, yeah. It was um, very long ago. Bob, you were at the show, and really glad to have you on the, our show. You were at the uh, at the show. I'm just not with it show. today. Which, uh, oh, Mac? At, you were at the Mac Woodard show. That was the show you were at. So I wanted to get your opinion. What do you think about the show, and where do you think it all goes from here? Well, I wrote this column a couple weeks ago, or last week, and I basically said, I don't know where it goes from here. The one question I can answer that people have asked is, will there be a Macworld in 2010, 20 whatever years next year? Yep, 2010. (laughs) Sounds weird saying 2010. And and I said, that's the only one I can answer. Absolutely, positively, there will be a Macworld. You think so? I can't answer what it's going to be like. 
because I have no idea. Uh, here's, I can't here's... I can't answer who's going to go because that won't be known for a long time. Uh, I, I have no idea. You know, I'll tell you the one thing I can the one thing I can tell you is it's in good hands with Paul Kent, and if MacWorld can survive, post it'll be Apple, because of Paul Kent. Paul Paul's the guy that can figure out what it is that needs yeah. to be. My concern is when I heard I was watching uh, local broadcast channels there in San Francisco. Uh, Friday or Thursday night, I forget. Whichever night Guy Searle... No, it had to have been Thursday night because uh, Guy was already crashed out when I got back to the hotel. Um, the official numbers that I had heard from that local station there in San Francisco was that the Macworld Expo drew 15,000 visitors as opposed to well, forty five to 50,000 the year before. And Apple was there this year. Can they do it again if they only get fifty thousand people through the front door? I mean, or there was less. a lot. There was a lot more people at the show, but most of those were vendors and press and people like that. Well, don't don't well, they don't they um, they don't release the official numbers for a couple of weeks yet, don't they? That's what they were saying on the news. That's all I can tell you. Right. Well, did it seem like there was only a third of the people were there the oh, year before? Easily, and and Bob, you could probably talk to this as well. I. I that show, there was not a lot of people there, and you could really tell when you go by the Apple booth. Yeah, you know, it, it there some. It was weird because I took some pictures in the aisles when they were jammed, but then a couple hours later, they'd be empty. It was very bizarre. The the ebb and flow of uh, the crowd was really weird. Sometimes the uh, North Hall, North Hall was the smaller one. Yeah. Yes. Yep. The North Hall. Uh, would go from you know being empty to being so crowded you couldn't turn around, and then back to aisles are empty again. It was weird. Um, I, I would say let's wait for the official uh, count because uh, I know that 80% or something of the attendees come from the Bay Area, and I'm wondering if it's 15,000 out of out of town visitors because I know the cabbies were were whining about how little business there was and i think perhaps that's kind of a good i heard some of that too so i think perhaps we had a a lower out of town attendance which because apple was there you can probably chalk up to uh the economy and and you know then the question is what how many of the people from the bay area that would have gone or that went in previous years actually went this year i don't know yet where would you like i have no idea it seemed not that much less crowded to me than the year before, two years before. I didn't go last year, the year before. I didn't go 2008. I had to work. Microsoft <laughs> blindsided me. They shipped office on time. Who'd have thunk, you know? How dare Here I am telling my editor, oh, don't worry about it. They'll be three months late. They're always three months late. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's because they just, just decided not to finish it, Bob. <laughs> oh, they, they figured they'd do the final beta and and uh, golden master and candidates publicly. That's right. Yeah, one hundred fifty dollars exactly. a pop. No, it, <laughs> it was a it was a big shock when they sent me a golden master at the end of December and said, "Yeah, we're going to have box copies at the show." And I said, "Well, I'm not going to be at the show. Yeah. No, I'm going to be gotta, here at my desk." Got to finish the, that book that you had going for that office suite. Yes, if my editor saw me at MacWorld while the boxes were shipping and the book wasn't finished, it would have been bloody. 
So yeah. last year I didn't go, but the year before was really crowded. And- very, very crowded in 2007. But then again, we there was a lot of excitement pre that show. Everyone knew that Apple was going to come out with something. And, of course, it was the iPhone. But I don't know. This year it just seemed um, very slow to me. There just wasn't a lot of people. I've never been able to walk up to a computer at the Apple booth and and get a demo. I mean, I've never been able to do that at any Macworld Expo. Yeah, I think think that's quite telling. I mean, the the word from CES, which obviously is a much bigger show, is that attendance was really down there as well in Las Vegas. Um, I I think one of the problems that that, um, IDG face is that if this had happened two years ago, when the economy was really strong and uh, people had lots of money, then it would have been much easier for them to figure out a way to move forward. The difficulty they're going to have is, I think this is going to be a bad year for everybody all round. And uh, having been through what's 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 probably coming up, I think it's going to be very difficult to stimulate interest in a in a show next January, particularly when you know some of their obviously their, their, their key anchor vendor isn't there, but obviously they're going to lose a lot of other vendors because you know if if vendors are going to do a show, they you know we we know that CES were very aggressively coursing vendors, so yep. you know kind of on what the show prob- floor. On the show yeah, on the floor. Exactly. And and you know, if I'd have been IDG yeah, I would have had a I would have had a CEA staff list and I would have blacklisted a lot of them and got them out of the place. But there you go. That's a separate uh, separate discussion. Um I think that uh, you know, they they they're really going to struggle next year because I don't think they're gonna have many vendors there. So it can't be a vendor centric trade show. It needs to be something else. What do you I think agree. that something else should be, Bob? I think it's going to be more social and and more educational. I think those are the aspects of the show that don't need Apple. Um, for one thing, the conference, the the speaking and the the teaching and the workshops and and the classes have always been great, but because there's so much else going on, a lot of people don't even know they're there. And so I think next year you're going to have to um, take a lot of the focus and put it on the workshops and the sessions and the and the uh, keynotes that won't have you know who and and right. you know all the all of the things off the show floor forget the exhibits let's talk about what we can do uh, let let's let's assume we threw a convention and no exhibitors came what would we do well the one one thing we would do would be to have lots and lots of learning experiences and the second thing would be to have lots of lots of places and ways for people to interact and socialize. And that's hmm. the part that, that I think is sustainable. Because I want to go to see my friends. I want to go hang out with people I know in this business. That's the that, one thing I'll miss more than anything if, if yeah. the show does go away is meeting up with all those. My Mac is a pretty large staff, and we don't get to see each other. We're spread out globally. So this is the one time of the year that I actually get to see everyone. Us too, Mac Observer. Yeah, share I never a hotel room with me. I never see those guys except at MacWorld. But I told Dave if he doesn't have Cirque to Mac Seven, I'm not coming. I didn't get to go this year. I was very bummed out. Yeah, that's that's the one party that I wanted to go to, but it just didn't work out for me this year. I was so far behind. This was our oh, best year yet. I know you even had a trapeze artist. What is up with that? Well, it is a Cirque. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that I'm was already, Dave's doing. Yeah. I'm already trying to structure my plan so that I'm in, at least in the States 
around about the end of next year so we can you know decide a bit closer to time what we're doing or where we're going but the thing is with the um you know having a, a social event or a mac community event is how does idg monetize that you, you know it needs to be cheap to bring people in and yet you know, it's you can't you can't run very much a conference and and speaker organized event if you don't if you're not able to pay those speakers. It, so how do I can tell you right off the bat, it can't be at Moscone if they're going to go that route. It, it's just too expensive. Don't it's you think, too Bob? big. Yeah. Well, next year I don't think they have any choice. I think no, they paid for it. They're stuck. They're already there. Yeah. But in the future, yes, I think that it could it could move to a different facility. And in fact, if we're going to do that. Let's move to a different city. Well, I've been saying that for a while. Let's move the date off of Christmas and New yes, Year's. Absolutely. I saw yeah. somebody somebody said somewhere, wouldn't it be nice to do it in Denver or Austin? I'd love for it to be in Austin because I live in Austin. And boy, that would be nice. Do it in Austin in April. Well, I've been saying uh, I thought maybe May, June in Chicago. Uh, big airport DC or yeah I mean there's so many cities that have the space to do it and you know with the economy like this I bet IDG could cut a great deal on the facilities they need in 2011 almost, yeah almost anywhere yeah. Well, yeah. So why, you know, why why have to be in one place why not take it on the road but I the said thing that is, I too think, yeah. I don't think they can do that until they nail one you know? Yes, well, absolutely. Yeah, I, agree. I, I agree. I said they should do four yeah. to six a year and take it on the yeah. road. And that yeah. way you could you could get by with a smaller facility, smaller shows. Yeah. Um, but by yeah. doing it four times, you know, if, if, if it's true that 80% of the attendees at Macworld are Bay Area residents, just think how great it would be to do one in New York, one in Washington or maybe Miami or – Chicago, no, 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 no. Washington, Dallas. Washington. Well, there's a lot of cities that would make sense. Chicago, uh, and and wouldn't that be nice? And think about all the people that don't go to MacWorld that would go to an event if it was less than 200 miles from their house. Yeah, that's exactly what I've been arguing for for a while now. And I don't know. At this point, it, it may happen. What do you think of the idea that I've been hearing batting about of a mini MacWorld within CES? Do you think, Bob, that would work at all, or is that just not feasible? You there? It's the only, that's yeah, the, yeah, yeah, that's the only way I'm going to see yes. Yeah, me too. I, I've I have gone absolutely... to both in one year. When I was at Power Computing, I had to do both a couple times, and that was ugly. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. A, uh, Vegas is already so choked that week. It's just, you know, our cab lines two-hour cab lines yeah i'm not interested in going to to ces i don't like vegas number one everything's just so artificial and there's also an adult entertainment show that goes on exactly at the same time and i don't particularly want to be there for that uh at least my wife doesn't (laughs) (laughs) so i yeah i don't know it's it's very hard to uh wrap my head around where macworld expo should go I don't envy Paul Kent in the least. He he has a monumental task ahead of him, but I can honestly say I think we're all pulling for him. Well, I, I think if anybody can do it, Paul can. You know, there's nobody I'd rather see under this kind of pressure because Paul, he, he his heart and soul are in this. If it can be done, Paul's going to make it happen. So what else about the show did you like this year, Bob? Was there any certain vendors that really stood out, some booths that you really enjoyed? 
some meetings that kind of open your eyes to something new showing up soon? Yes, I saw that little Pico projector. And I, I, I got to imagine that looks better in a dark room. It probably does, but it looked pretty good in their in their little, you know, three-quarter tent. <laughs> Do you want to explain to the listeners what that is? Yes. Most people a, listening don't know. It is a projector. Think about, think about those uh, projectors you hook up to your computer to do your uh, keynote slides in a conference room. They cost about 800 bucks. The bulb's about 300 bucks. Uh, they're about the size <laughs> of a laptop or a little thicker. And they're not exactly portable. Most people do not want to lug one around with them. No. Um, and so you're often at the mercy of whatever room you're going to. And it's a nightmare having to hook your Mac up with this beautiful keynote to someone else's TV system. This thing is the size of an, uh, an iPhone, and it's a projector that can project an image up to 100 inches diagonal. That's pretty big. Is that all? <laughs> and it, it's laser powered rather than uh, LED or incandescent light, so it doesn't need to be focused. It is always in focus. It doesn't have wow. any focus adjustment. You move it back and forth, and it stays crystal clear. What's, um, what's the resolution on that, Bob? Uh, SVGA, I believe. It's eight something by four eight, something. Eight hundred uh, by six hundred. It's a little more than that, and I don't know why, where they got right. their weird number. It's 832, I think. Oh, right. But, okay. but it's, you know what, for, for that, for doing presentations and stuff, yeah, it's not HD. But if they can do this now at that price point, the price point they say is going to be under $500 later this year. If they can do that in a package that small today, then the resolution will go up and the size will go down and the price will go down. You know, in a couple of years, you'll have real HD in a little pocket-sized deal. But wouldn't that be nice? I always thought it would be nice to have the projector built into the laptop. Well, it would be nice. if And, and these guys think that they could do that. They think that the electronics in a year or two could be miniaturized enough to even build into a handheld device. That would be awesome. So it, that was just a real eye-opener for me, partly because it's always been the weak link of doing presentations is you're walking in someplace and you got to use their gear. And it almost this always was, sucks. <laughs> yeah, or or it's it's Windows only or, you know, what have you. Yeah, they've got some weird adapter and, ugh. Exactly, exactly. Anything else that was cool at the show? I like that a lot. Um, I saw a couple of things. Uh, I, I'm... I'm into these. I, I want to try these new Bluetooth car kits, hands-free car kits. Yep. I, 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 for one, would love to just be able to push a button and start talking, not have to fumble with my Bluetooth headset, not have to touch my phone. Uh, I saw one that actually does uh, speaker-independent voice dial. Oh, that's cool. And another one that had three speed dials, which is just really all I really need, my wife, my son, my daughter, and I'm good to go. Those are the people I'd be calling in the car a million yeah. times. I, I no, really I, miss uh, voice dialing rather, on my yeah, phone. Yeah, so do I. But if Apple's not going to do it, and, you know, there have been some apps that do it, and some of them aren't horrible, but they all require way more steps than tap your headset and say a name. Yes, exactly. And, yep. Which defeats the purpose. So these hands-free, they're both, I think they were both around 100 bucks. I saw one from Parrot, which uh, used a flat panel speaker, and it was kind of cool looking. So it kind of goes right on your visor then. Yeah, it just clips on your visor. Hmm. 
and then another one's from uh, Kensington. I'm going to try them both. They're they're both on my review list. Uh, later this year, iPod Observer, I'll review both of them. And that I thought was a cool idea that I hadn't seen or heard of too much before the show. That whole category of hands-free kits that you just clip on. Any software that jumps uh, out at you? Um, well, I like the new iLife, and I just got my hands on the new iWork, and I'm kind of, I've only had it for a day, so I don't know. I don't know yet, but it seems, um, it seems improved. Certainly the keynote, the tweening feature, whatever they call it, is yeah. very cool. That looks kind of cool. cool. Well, and I played with that was the first thing I did, and you know what? It's really cool. It makes it really okay. easy to do stuff yeah. that used to be very difficult and really not doable in a presentation program. You'd have to go into After Effects or. Do, do you think that Microsoft's up. looking at that and going, "Damn it"? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, considering the product cycle for PowerPoint puts it, you know, their next rev two years out probably. Yeah, <laughs> I was figuring twenty twelve. Yeah. They said a couple more years, for the Mac at least. Well, it was, and what, they, four four years between 2004 and 2008. So, yeah, I, it's, we're probably looking at 2012 before we see the next so version. They've just started They've just started <clears throat> issuing beasts for the next version on Windows. So that will have to come out before they can start working on bringing the next um, Mac version out. That is correct. So what else are you working on right now, Bob? Is there uh, What websites are you at? Where are you uh, getting your columns published well what's going on with bob levitis for the past 12 years i've written a column every week for the houston chronicle and i still do it runs on tuesday now it used to run on friday and you can find that one at cron.com um i'm the reviews editor for the ipod observer so i'm always playing with new ipod and iphone accessories and stuff and, and for those who don't know, that's that's the same crew as at Mac Observer. Yes, they're sisters. They're sisters. I would say they're Sister. brothers because there's not too many women that write for the Mac Observer. <laughs> no, there's any. Oh, yeah, there yeah, is. Yeah, Brian's Nancy. mom. Nancy, Brian's mom. That's right. I was yeah. just going to say Nancy and leave Nancy. it at that. But, yeah, yeah Brian's mom. <laughs> I never knew that she was his mom. Uh, I was chatting oh, with her on the... Uh, on the floor, we're just having a good conversation, and Brian walks up, and I said, watch out for this guy. And she says, oh, he's my – and Brian says, oh, that's my mom. <laughs> I said, oh, she's, crap, forget everything I said. <laughs> she's the president of our users group here in Austin. Oh, yeah, and she's I in have Austin. a new blog. Yeah. I just started – you know, the, I heard about this thing called blogging. And Wait, let me write that down. How do you spell it? B-L-O-G? Yeah. Okay. So uh, – <laughs> Isn't there like a second no, you know G what? or L or something there? It's still like the, the worst deal, name ever. The nice folks, yeah, it is dumb. The nice folks at the Dummies Publishing, you know, Dummies Press, uh, called me up and asked me if I would like to write a uh, blog for them. And the thing that's always stopped me before is I kept looking at it and going, great, another time suck that doesn't earn any revenue. That's just what I need. Yeah, add that to... Uh to Twitter and uh, Facebook, and your your day's complete. That's that's what I kept thinking. <laughs> I said, no, wait, we don't mean that we'll just give you a blog. We'll, we'll even pay you if you post. And I said, well, now we're talking. Yeah, there so, we go. So Yeah, so I make negative eight cents a word. <laughs> negative Turns eight out, cents. You know, I've written, 
Well, I've written way, way, way more than I'm getting paid for. I, I can't just write what they are going to pay. They want me to, like, write 50 words. <laughs> I've always been surprised that you never started up your own podcast because you're, you're a natural at it. You've got a great speaking voice. You're used to speaking in front of an audience. I always well, thought that would be natural for you. I always thought I thought about it, but you know what? I love doing all the podcasts I do. I love doing all the Chuck Joyner podcasts and your podcast and Scott Shepard and 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 uh, um, who else? Uh, Gene Steinberg and yep. uh, Night Owl, Florida. There's a lot of them out there. Yeah, so you know, I I get to do it, and I don't have the overhead of having to produce it. Well, you saw the the crap that I had to go through before this show, and it's just sometimes a nightmare. Usually it's just super silky sweet for me because I've got everything set up, but I I pretty much tore apart my entire rig to go out to San Francisco last week. And, (laughs) you know, I decided about, oh, 5.30, which is about a half hour before we actually do the podcast, might be a good idea to put everything back together for the podcast tonight. Test it. Yeah, test it, make sure everything's working, and at which point it was too late, and yes, I'm missing equipment. That guy Cheryl's microphone ate. (laughs) I I, I get blamed for everything I do. You do, you do. Yeah, I do. Someday well, I'm probably do a podcast, maybe even a video podcast. But uh, I have so much on my plate now. I've got I've got to write uh, this book called Snow Leopard for Dummies or something. As soon as I find out what a snow leopard is. Any ideas? Any uh, hints on when that might be coming out? Everyone's oh yeah. Kind of, yeah, right. I call up Apple and ask, and they laugh. Like, ah, ha, 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 sometime in they 2009. They don't even say, we could tell you, but then we'd have to kill you. They just chuckle. Yeah, I can imagine. They they wouldn't tell oh. me there on the showroom floor. I asked a lot of people, when's Snow Leopard coming out? Oh, what is it, oh, Snow Leopard? <laughs> I was kind of hoping we, with that uh, that box set deal that they got with iLife, yeah. um, iWork, and Mac OS X, that that was going to be Snow Leopard. That would be an awesome deal. Well, they uh, first have to release uh, iLife. Well, that comes at the end of this month. But here's no. the problem. Uh, how many people already have Leopard? They're not going to buy this box set. Uh, it's it's not a savings for them. Most people are on Leopard now, I would imagine. But then well, again, no, maybe not. There's think... a lot of people on Tiger. You'd be I, yeah, surprised. I was going to say, no, I think we... there's a lot of people still on Tiger, still still on Panther. <clears throat> well, you see this, the... this is the chance for them to, you know, to scoot up to Leopard and get a discount at the same time. I, I yeah, I only upgraded my wife's iMac to to Leopard over Christmas. Really? Um, yeah, and um, but because I think there are probably a lot of people in the same situation we were, which was she had a system that was set up the way she wanted and and that worked, and to to upgrade it meant cloning it off or or. Um, making some sort of backup and then doing the upgrade and then bringing everything back in again. And, uh, you know, it just just find the time to do that. We just didn't get around to it. It was only when she had a, a system drive problem and I needed to fix that that, uh, that I took the opportunity to put Leopard on there. So I'd imagine there's quite a few people like that. Last question for you, Bob, before we wrap this segment up, <clears throat> if I can get the frog out of my throat. Do you think Apple's going to charge for Snow Leopard, or do you I think it's going to be free? I told you to get that thing out of your throat before we started. I know. He, he's nice and warm and comfy in there, so he, he, I think he's staying put at least until the podcast is over. That's and then he will magically out. disappear. Yeah, he'll disappear. So do you think Apple's going to charge for Snow Leopard, or do you think it's going to be a free upgrade? Because with no new features, it's, I think it's going to be a hard sell to a lot of people. That's a good question. I think if, they, if they're going to charge for it, it won't be 129 no, I would no, say twenty nine or twenty nine. <laughs> yeah, and, and I bet that there'll be all kinds of bundle deals. You know, uh, 
I think the advantages, if if it does everything they say it's going to do, for people like us, it'll be a no-brainer even if it were 129. But the rest of them who didn't upgrade to Leopard, even though we kept saying things like, but it's got backup built in and it's great, it's easy, it's idiot It works, yeah. They just didn't do so, it. <laughs> yep. So the last thing I wanted to say to, to our listeners out there is you can go to my website, which is boblevitas.com, and from there you'll find links to not just my blog but Pat's blog, my, my partner in my consulting business. We've had Pat on the show. She's awesome. She is yeah. awesome. She, she is so – you know, my, my clients, when Pat was in Italy for the Geek Cruise, I'd have clients call up and ask for Pat, and I'd go, well, Pat's out of town for the next two weeks. Can I help you? And they'd go, no. No. <laughs> no, we want Pat. Wait, wait, okay. this is called Dr. Mac. I'm Dr. Mac. Really? Yeah, no, they don't want me. They, they said, no, no, she's patient and kind. and Well, and, you know, for, uh, for the Washington Apple Pie, uh, she's always doing, you know, how-to presentations and stuff like that at their monthly meetings. Yes. She's just so great. Anyway, if you go to the website, you can. there's links to both of our blogs. There's also links to our Twitter tweet things. So if you, if you really can't get enough, you can come see us tweet. And there is a phone number and a uh, mail button. If you've got issues with your Mac, we can fix them by remote control. It's magic. It is magic. It's the coolest stuff in the world. We will take over your, we control the vertical, we control the horizontal, we will Outer control limits. your mouse and keyboard, yes. And we Go say things it. like, please remove your hands from the keyboard and mouse. <laughs> stop touching it. Please stop touching me. Leave this to a trained professional. And my mom used to say that to me, but it was for an entirely different thing. So we'll uh, do that. His name is Bob Levitas. You can find him at the iPod Observer, BobLevitas.com, you said, right? Yes. Make sure it's .com and not .net. Uh, Houston Chronicle every Tuesday and Twitter and Facebook and probably everywhere else online. Bob is a writing and computer-fixing machine. So we appreciate yeah. it. And make anywhere sure you... Uh, where I can write and not get paid, boy, right. I'm there. You're there. <laughs> Surprise, you're not at my Mac yet. <laughs> Wait, will you not pay me to write? I will oh, not yeah. pay you to write uh, an article. <laughs> no matter how much you beg, he will not pay you. I will not pay you. <laughs> yeah. How come I'm not there yet? That's what I'm saying. All right, Bob, thanks for being on the show tonight. It's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And we'll be right back. And we're back, and it's time for Cool Mac Picks with Sam Levin. And I think he's going to have a, a few things for us this week, because not only did Sam go to Macworld Expo, he also went to CES. What's going on, Sam? Man, it's been two weeks of nonstop just craziness. It's just, it's been crazy. Now, of course, I went to Macworld Expo with uh, the MyMac crew. You were and, like the uh, Energizer buddy there. You were just all over the place. I was everywhere and and you saw i did a little video on the apple quiz which was awesome um at the spec booth and that was a lot of fun i couldn't even guess half the questions or i couldn't get the half the answers so and definitely if people wouldn't have helped out there's no way 80 percent of the questions answered would have gotten answered properly there's no, no way but we, we design it so that the the audience participates in the entire thing so they're 
they're yelling out answers to the guy right. answering the questions. It just makes it a lot more fun. I know, and it was really nice, Tim, that you did that because then every, you know you always win. Someone always walks away. Whoever's up there, they're going to get something. So yep. I think that was great. That's a little plug for the Apple Quiz. I just thought it was special, and now people can see what it's about. Um, and We've got a couple of videos up at MyMac.com if, I- for those who – haven't been up there yet, go up to MyMac.com, and we've got uh, at least two videos from the Apple Quiz, and uh, you can yep. see what it was like. It was yep. a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. So uh, let's start with Macworld since uh, we'll go in chronological order. Um, it was pretty interesting. The The keynote was a little subdued, but I thought iPhoto, iLife 09, uh, iMovie 09 is awesome. And I, I know cool. we've spoken about this, so we don't need to rehash it, but... I think it really is cool, and um, we're going to see a lot of interesting movies uh, from iLife09, which uh, ships the end of the month, I think, right? Yes, okay. end of this All month, right. yep. Okay, so some of the cool products I'm going to talk about that were at the show and were not at the show. Um, and one of them was from a company called Culture Code. Cultured Code. So if you go to culturedcode.com, you'll see a product called Things. And Things is a task management application that's only Mac. And it's it's an interesting manager. It's um, very simple, very easy to use. Have you seen this, any of this, you guys? I haven't, no. Okay. It's been featured. A lot of people have been talking about this over the last uh, few months. But what's really interesting about it, not that it's just simple to use on your Mac, it's very straightforward is that it's complete iPhone integration with things for iPhone. So if you have things for iPhone on your iPhone, it's a task manager. How many of you guys use iCalendar or whatever it is and then try to do try to do some syncing with your iPhone? I mean, it's it's just not that easy. Uh, the syncing is easy, but the the task management isn't robust. In iCalendar, right. that's not what it is, right? It's just a calendar. So Things is specifically task management software that's really well done. Uh, it's forty nine ninety five. Um, you need System Ten Four. Is that Tiger or is that Leopard? I'm not sure. I, what ten point five? Ten four. Ten four is Tiger. Okay, so you can use Tiger, which is great. Uh, so you don't have to have Leopard to to run it. And uh, there's a whole screencast. If you go to culturedcode.com, click to the right. It says watch screencast. In less than 30 seconds, you'll understand how simple this is. I believe you have a code, so you could try it out, uh, Tim. Okay. Mess around with it. And the link to this whole thing is the Things iPhone application. You don't have to have... One, you can have one without the other. Of course, if you have an iPhone, it's kind of nice to have a counterpart on your Mac. But, you know, if you go to a website, you see something you want to copy and paste, you could copy it and it will integrate into your things task manager seamlessly. And to me, how many of us live online? I, I live online the entire day and it's, it just, works with your task management application. So check it out. It's called Things. It's from culturedcode.com and also Things on the iPhone. It's on the iTunes App Store, and that's $9.95 if you okay. want that. But you don't have to have both. You can have one and use it effectively. So that's Things, and I thought you guys should know about that. Now, the other product that I saw 
wasn't at Macworld. It was at CES, and it's okay. from a local company. Um, they've got a product called Pogo Plug. So if you go to pogoplug.com, you'll see what it is. It's a small little device. It's probably mm, 25% smaller than an Airport Express, and it lets you plug in to your Mac or any hard drive or router, and it becomes a, a NAS drive. And it does it in a matter of seconds. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with NAS drives, network storage drives. Sure. And you go and set up a network drive and then come back to me. Tell me how long it takes to set up. And it's insane. Uh, trying to market network storage drives to consumers isn't kind of like an oxymoron. Uh, sure. It just it doesn't work because the software isn't there. These guys have designed a very inexpensive, by the way, it's 79 bucks hardware solution. Plug it into your Mac, and you can go anywhere around the world on your browser and tunnel in to your Pogo drive. And it's really well done. I mean, well, that's gonna have, that's gonna be something I'm gonna have to look at more closely because that would solve a lot of problems for a lot of people. That's right. So they just started shipping it. It's a very small startup uh, out of San Francisco. Um, Daniel, the CEO, showed me, and in less than, oh, 30 to 45 seconds, it was up, running. He showed me how to, to access through a website to any of your files. I mean, right now, you can do all of this stuff, but it takes an inordinate amounts of time to set up a drive to do that. Uh, I suspect a big hard drive company could buy this whole company and bundle it right into their system. Uh, so it's called pogoplug.com. I forgot the name. There's a company name to it. I call it pogoplug, but oh, it's called Cloud Engines. That's the name of the company, Cloud Engines. But you don't care about the company. You care about the product. So it's called pogoplug. Um, and then lastly, um, this is the, the product from Posimotion. This is their GFI. And I don't know if you talked about the GFI router yet, Tim. Did you? Nope, not yet. Okay. Posimotion, we've talked about. They make a bunch of iPhone apps, but they also they won two design and engineering awards at CES uh, last week for the product called GFI. That's G-F-I, GFI and GFI Versus. And it's a small handheld uh, router that basically you turn on and it creates a closed ad hoc network system. So t up to 200 iPhones, iPod Touches, Windows CE, Mac, PC, anything that's wireless connects to it. So think of it as this is less than half the size of an Airport Express, and it's uh, lithium-ion powered, almost six hours of battery, uh, charges through a mini USB. So, for instance, the use case is you're on the plane, you want to play games with your neighbor, your friends, and they have another iPod. Well, how do you do it? Well, you can't because there's no Wi-Fi on the plane except for maybe two in existence. You turn this on, you see the network, you log on, it's got an encrypted key. Once you're set and logged on, you can share files, you can play games seamlessly. I played air hockey, FS5 air hockey, uh, on the way back from Vegas with Daniel. It was hilarious. Sounds cool. Uh, it's really cool. Uh, GFI is the gaming router, then they have GFI... Uh, versus, excuse me, G5 versus is the gaming. The G5 allows you to actually share not only Wi-Fi, but GPS as well. So 
if an iPod Touch user wants to share your GPS on your iPhone, you could do that over GFI. That's the other unique thing about this. So I thought that was really cool. Of course, they won a Design Innovation Award uh, from CES, and um, it was uh, just really unique. There were a few other things at CES that stuck out, but really this was, I, I think, one of the, the coolest. And they're a small startup company based out of Daytona. And, of course, we, we speak about them all the time, but this won one of the awards uh, at CES. And uh, those are the things that stuck out in my mind for Macworld CES. There were a lot of other small companies and obviously LCD projector companies. I didn't see the projector, the, the micro projector. Did any of you see that that plugs into the iPhone? No, I didn't. I wanted to, but I didn't get a chance to go look at it. Right. There's a, we'll, we're going to do features on those later. 3M is one of them. The other one is Pico, and they all plug into iPhones, and basically you can watch movies uh, projected from your iPhone. So we'll get into that over the next few weeks. They're starting to ship probably in the next uh, month. So as soon as we get a hold of one, we'll talk about that. But that's really it from uh, my, uh, my take. Cool. Well, thanks, Sam. And uh, we will be right back. And, of course, join us next week for some more cool Mac picks. Thanks a lot. And thanks again to Sam Levin and his cool Mac picks. And we're back with uh, Owen Rubin. Hello, Owen. Hi there. We also have Mark Rudd on the show. Hello, Mark. Hey, hey. So uh, other than David Cohen, uh, everybody that's on the show right now was uh, on the show last week during the Macworld Expo. I had such a good time. Thought it would be uh, fun to bring everyone back in, and especially Owen. We're going to start with you, Owen, because uh, you wrote an article up on MyMac.com, and uh, a response was posted, and I actually talked to them on the phone today. But let's start uh, at the beginning. Tell me what happened and uh, what the response was. Well, I, I, can I jump up a, a level? Sure. There's this, there's this hot button. I guess it's, it's hotter on me than other people for customer service. <laughs> I mean, I think I heard you guys talking about seats on airplanes earlier. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I used to love to fly United, for example. And I was a 100K flyer for three years straight. And on the fourth year, I had 99,897 miles. And they bumped me back to the 50K mark. 13 miles, 13 miles short. And I called them and I said, no, wait a minute. I've been 100K for three years. And they said, well, you didn't make it too bad. This is what I call lack of customer service. I stopped flying United. Okay, they, they got exactly what they asked for. So we were on the floor. I think it was Friday, right? Oh uh, no, I think it was Thursday. Thursday, yeah. They said Friday. I think it was Thursday. You may be right. And I know you had some. Pro you were in the press room. You had some problems with your computer, which is a, a recurring problem with my MacBook Pro. I know the hard drives got a couple bad sectors on it, and the only way that I can repair it so we'll limp along for another few months before I have to do it again uh, is to run disk uh, I'm sorry disk warrior on it disk warrior or or some other disks or any software that would find the bad sectors right or well no I wanted to rebuild the directory and that's what disk warrior will do with the directories rebuilt the machine super solid for 4 to 5 months at a time before it craps out again I don't know I know so the hard drive is bad I just haven't got around to buying a new one for it so you were you were there kind of not in a great mood because it was really beginning to piss you off. And I thought, this should be simple. We're at Macworld. I'll just go out on the floor and ask for a copy of the software. So um, on my way, I passed um, – I'm going to forget. Tech tool. 
tech tools and thought, oh, tech, I asked him, does tech tool do directory builds? And the guy goes, yeah, sure it does. Let me come over and see it right now. And the guy just like jumped out of the booth. He had three or four people in the booth, grabbed a handful of USB disks that had the software on it and came right over. Unfortunately, I tried to explain to him on the way that we you weren't going to be able to do it right then because you were still busy. But the guy was just willing to do whatever it took right then and there to make it happen. Unfortunately, it didn't work, you know, because we couldn't get him online. And what we really wanted was a copy of tech of a disk warrior. So I thought, okay, I'll just go ask for one. So I walked over to the to the Alsoft booth. There was three, maybe four guys standing there, and there was. No, I, and when I first walked in, I didn't see anybody else there. Um, I was corrected that they were actually working with the woman from uh, Equinix, and but she was standing outside the booth on the left edge, so I didn't really even notice her until um, they had pointed that out. But the guy was standing there with a hard drive in a baggie of ice cubes. So I was actually kind of stunned. I was like, wow, that's kind of cool. What are you doing? And he said, oh, well, you know, when disks fail, sometimes if you put them in a – so he put them inside a baggie, then put that baggie in another baggie and put ice cubes around it. That cooling down the drive sometimes makes the drive work again. Cool. It, I had no idea. I had no idea. And, in fact, there's a picture in the article I showed of the guy holding the bag of ice. I guess you just got to make sure it doesn't get wet. Um, so why he was, why he was playing with this baggie of ice, I said, I explained the problem about your computer. I said, can I borrow a CD of Discworder? And, and as I said that the other like three guys in the booth just walked away. It was almost like I had stepped in something. I, um, obviously I, I, I didn't understand why at the time. So the guy said, no, just bring your computer over here. And when I have a chance, we'll look at it. So I said, thanks for the offer, but the computer is like attached to a bunch of other things. It's not ready to be done. Can I just get a copy of the CD? Look, I own it. The publisher owns it. I'm just going to borrow it. I'll bring it back to you. Uh, you know, I'm a member of the press. Uh, can, can we get that? And he just like, no, bring it over here. That That's the best I can do. And then he said, I'm busy working on this other person's computer. Can't you tell? Well, I didn't know what he was doing. He had a hard drive and a bag of ice. <laughs> I had no idea what he was doing. Um, so I walked back to you and we'll do the story. Um, but I was rather annoyed by the whole thing. And so I should explain to the users why I'm annoyed. It's not that I expect to get free software. However, Macworld is kind of like a big PR thing for software companies. And one of the reasons they go there is to get everybody to know about their software. And as you walk around as a member of the media, most of the companies that have software there, they want to hand it to you. They want yeah. you to take it. They shovel it at us. I was using software and hardware left and right this year. I'm I like, no thanks, no thanks, no thanks. I, am a, I agree with you. <clears throat> I don't take it because if I'm not going to review it, I don't feel it's right to take it. Okay. And, you know, and if it's hardware, we borrow it and most of the time we return it. You know, sometimes they're nice enough to let us keep it at the end, but it, typically you return it. But it's these people want the PR. But here was Alsoft, me telling them AI was a customer, telling them Tim was a customer, and that I was a member of the media, and they were not going to let go of a CD for any reason whatsoever. Okay? They just flat out refused. So I blogged it. And I sent them a copy of the blog, okay, kind of hoping they would say, oh, gee, we're really sorry. You know, we had a misunderstanding in the booth. We're sorry what we did didn't work. Uh, what can we do to make it better? Now we're in the term of customer service. That's what a company with good customer service would do. Actually, if they had real good customer service, they probably would have handed me the drive, okay? This guy wrote a tirade of a letter to telling me how wrong I was and how I got everything wrong and not 
I shouldn't expect him to drop everything and come help us, which I never asked him to do. I mean, he went on and on in this email. Which anybody listening to the podcast can read up at the MyMac site, uh, Alsoff responds. He asked me to January 14th. He asked me to post it, and I was kind of surprised when after I read it that this company really wanted that posted. And I inserted my answers to his in italics underneath his comments. And it seems like, and Tim, you're going to tell me, it seems like this has infuriated this company. Uh, I don't want to say I don't want to say it infuriates. I think they're more confused um, on over the sequence of events. Well, yeah. Let me play devil's advocate here. Please. Um, and I'm not going to take your side or their side, but I'm going to give you hopefully an unbiased uh, retort. Um, first of all, they would argue that what he was offering. Uh, and he says he he was actually offering to either bring the computer to him or he would come to the press room and that you told him, he, no, they'll never let you uh, get past the – come into the press room. Why would um, I say that when the guy from the other place, Tech Tool, walked into the press room? He, we never – he never said that. He said you could bring it here. That's all he told me. And, and uh, Contrary to what he says, he did not offer to come to the press room. He said, I'm busy. You can bring it here, and when we get a chance, we'll look at it. And then uh, my response to them was that um, all, all he was asking for was a disc. Um, they told me that it, it's not about worrying about a sale or bootlegging the software or anything like that, uh, that they really go out of their way for exceptional customer service. Um, and that, in their opinion, what they were offering was better customer service than simply handing you a disc and saying, good luck that they wanted to come and look at the machine and, and go out of their way to try to make sure they could identify the problem, they could fix the problem, or they can at least advise me on what should happen. Um, and that it really was more of a miscommunication between the two of you uh, that led to the problems. I, that, I that think was, that's great. That was uh, at the showroom floor. Now, as far as their retort, their email back to you, their problem there was that you didn't print the letter in your blog post in its entirety uninterrupted. That you, instead of, right at the beginning of your blog post, you say you'll let the, the reader make up their own mind. But uh, their response to that is you didn't because you inserted your opinion after every bulletin point that they were making. Rather than the reader read the entire letter and then you write a retort to their retort, uh, you interjected your opinion in italicized text after every paragraph to correct it or to refute it and that's where they had a problem now i told them on the phone uh that the blog site is not under editorial control unless it's you know something egregious or uh untrue or but if it's just simply a matter of opinion or if it's simply a matter of um in your in your situation um a layout i'm not going to interject in that Um, tim I, i thought about that that maybe should I do his whole thing and then my whole thing? But that's what they that's that what is, they requested, and I and I said I will pass that actually, request on to Owen. But it's totally up to him. I also actually, told him that I uh, I have a lot of confidence in the people who read mymac dot com on a regular basis that they have the intelligence to be able to um, notice when you're interjecting your opinion compared to their opinion. And exactly. to still make up their own mind unbiased. Go ahead. So the reason I did that is 
if I had put put their whole letter, and they went on for quite a long time, and 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 contrary to what they're telling you on the phone, he never said, you know, we want to give you expert customer service. It'll be a, hot, a lot better if we look at it. He said, no, I'm not giving you a CD. That was sort of the end of it. But you can bring it here. That was the end of that. Never offered that. You know, it's better if we look at it. Never said, you know, you know, we want to analyze it and take nothing. He was actually. Uh, now that now that he's pointing it out, working on this woman's computer, and 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 I understood why he was doing that. You know, Equinix, which was right next door, they had a hard disk crash on the machine that I guess carried all their sales data, so they were uh, kind of screwed. Suck. Yeah, and so he had taken the disk out of the bottom of the machine and was trying to get that drive up and running. And I guess the G guys gave him an extra firewire drive so they could get data off of it. So he was helping someone, and, and I and I gave him kudos for that in the in the post. It's just that he communicated poorly, okay? He knew I was angry. They knew I was upset. And rather than just say, gee, I'm sorry we had – look, I've – so in my my work, I used to run the sales group of an organization. I, I My last real job where I was a full-time employee, I was the field applications engineer. I worked with customers on a daily basis. If a customer called me angry and accused me of doing something, I was – I know – Flat out, you do not say, gee, I'm sorry, you really understood me, but let me explain what I was trying to do. You say, I'm sorry we had a misunderstanding. What can we do to make it better? That's just classical what you do. This guy, they handed it to the person I already had a miscommunication with, and, he, and as far as I'm concerned, he blasted me for, for, telling, for saying that I didn't present their side correctly. Okay, now just a comment. The reason I inter- intertwined them is because it would be very confusing to have a whole letter and then have to requote pieces and answer them so people would know what I was commenting on. I, I actually made that point to him. I, I said it, one of the reasons that he did it the way he did it was because otherwise people have to go back up and read a certain paragraph and then right. come down to his response and it would be more confusing that from a purely reader standpoint, it's much easier to do it the way you did it. So I'll acknowledge that it bothers them. If it really bothers them, I'll go paste their letter in its entirety first and then copy that piece on the bottom. But I suspect most people won't read that far. Well, I, I also told him that uh, 95% of the people who are going to read it already read it. So at this point, it, it's closing the barn doors after the cows are out. Most people who are going to read it already did. There's, it doesn't make any sense to go back and change it at this point. And I um, invite them to register and comment. Yeah, and they said they, they, they just found that very unprofessional. They weren't going to do that. So we kind of left the conversation there. So Let me interject. Question. Go ahead. I just want one question. If still not answered, why they wouldn't hand me a CD in the booth? Well, they didn't really answer that for me either. And um, I was kind answer. of and, – and I brought that point up. I said, well, what Owen's going to say is all he was asking was to borrow, not even to give, but just to borrow a copy of the CD so we can repair the machine on our schedule because at the Macworld Expo – as press, we are just all over the place. And swamped. Uh, we don't have the, the time to sit down at someone else's booth for an hour, hour and a half while someone diagnoses our computer. Besides which, we're pretty much experts at this computing platform and hardware well, and software. And, and we know what we're doing. All I needed to do was rebuild my directory. That's why I only And I told them to the that booth. if we ran the tool and we found an error, then we would bring it over and talk to them if we thought that was the answer. Right. But I even said to him at the booth, I didn't want to bother him for his time, you know, his offer for time to bring it to the booth either. 
if rebuilding the directory was a simple problem, which we thought it was. So, uh, granted, I can see how their side saying, you know, they were offering great customer service. Great you customer just didn't take them so, up on them. Yep, well, that's what they'll say. I had to do it, but I had to do it their way. I had to right, and that, and that was a point that they, I made that that the only solution was their way or no way. And of course, the 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 end result was no way. That, you know, uh, I, yeah. Go ahead, David. There's one thing that confuses me about about this whole thing. Just you know, hearing it from the outside, really, you know, whatever happened on the day, and uh, you know, whoever's right, whoever's wrong. There's, you know, the the nature of those sorts of conversations, particularly when the guy's doing something else. You know, the, the, obviously there was some miscommunication. He didn't understand what you wanted. Um, you know, um, he, he, whatever whatever actually happened. The point is that is all in the past, really. Why is why is this company now not stepping up to the plate and saying, you know, well, look, what's the best way forward on this? Why are they still just handing it over to the guy you spoke to and allowing him to continue the argument about who said what to who? Why are they not just saying, you know, saying, why is the chief chief executive of the company not coming to us and saying, okay, well, you know, there was a miscommunication, but here's our policy and here's why, and this is what we'd like to take it forward. And rather than, I mean, basically the way it's continued to work is the sort of thing you might see in a chat room. It's not doing them in, in terms of presentation exactly. of their company any favors whatsoever to continue well, was, the argument about who did what. I told I, I made the point at, uh, on the telephone conversation with the gentleman today that uh, this could have been a great PR move on their part that we probably would have talked about it on the podcast and we probably would have talked about it or written about it on the in site. A positive we way. Were in a positive way that exactly. we we're having this problem. ProSoft gave us a copy of the software, which we already own. We just didn't bring with us because quite we're honestly, not, I not thought Pro about, Soft. or I'm sorry, not ProSoft, um, Lsoft. Lsoft. Um, yeah. that I didn't bring it with me on purpose because if I lost it, got lost in luggage, got damaged, then I'm screwed when I'm here at home. So I don't bring my diagnostic tools with me when I go to Macworld. I just don't. That might change next year if there is a Macworld. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, that this was a, a, a great opportunity for them to get some very easy and free PR. And I was told they don't care about the easy and free PR. They care about customer service. Which so makes no he, sense. He said, he said in his letter... Yes, we were not going to give you a disc. He he specifically stated they were not going to give us a disc, and and that's really the only question I want to have. If he had said to me, "Look, we have a company policy; we don't hand out CDs at the trade show." I'm really sorry. This would have been done. Yeah. Okay. In, instead, <clears throat> and look, I'll, and I want to be balanced on this. Kudos to them for helping Equinix in a trouble. In Absolutely. Time. They're not a, yeah, they're not a exactly. customer. They had never owned the software. I, I'm impressed that this guy was blowing doing this ice thing i mean he was going out of his way to get that to work so and he and he told me on to be to be fair and balanced that they do that for customers on a regular basis that people because they understand that what's on these hard drives could be the only copy of family photos and they do everything in their power to rescue that data uh and, and that they do also go above and beyond guy. he did it for one other guy he told me who also wasn't a customer but so i i wish i had taken some pictures when i was there there were at least four and maybe five other people there. Now he said he was the only tech. So, so the other guys who he claimed were executives, not techs, tech, but one of them was, he said one executive watched the exchange. So this is the kind of stuff that sort of gets me going. Okay. There's an, there's an exec there. He sees me upset. He hears the conversation and he walks to the other side of the booth to get away from it. Yeah. Well, okay. let's, uh, I want to wrap up this part yeah. by simply saying, uh, 
There I is a gotcha continue. I have to tell you. The, the, so there ahead. is one piece. Without, it doesn't have to do with this company. So you guys. Well, let me finish with this company then real quick. I do want to say gotcha. that I use Disk Warrior myself. I've been using it for years. As an IT manager, it was invaluable. I'll continue to purchase and use future versions of the software. And, I, and regardless of whatever happened uh, in this situation, I'll continue to tell people Disk Warrior is good software, and I do highly recommend it. That's from my personal use with the software itself. I, I really like it, and I'll continue to use it. I would, Go ahead, on, And we do have to move it on because we've got about correct. 10 minutes agree. before we have to wrap the show. I agree with you. It's great software. I probably won't ever buy another copy of it again because I feel stung, and they've yet to say, oh, gee, sorry, which is all I really want to hear from them. I'll apologize to them that they misunderstood me, but actually in his email, he knew what I wanted, a disk, and he said that wasn't happening. But one of the other companies who, who I had terrible trouble with their software once before and actually blogged about this software saying it just wasn't ready for prime time, stopped me on the floor the next day and said, you know, I heard you had a problem. I guess they read the site. And the same company said, we know you didn't like our software the first time. We're sending you a new copy because we think our software is better than theirs. So it, it affects people. Absolutely. I, they need to be aware of it. About six people in the press room came up to me later and said, there was a company that wouldn't give you a CD on the floor. So I, it wasn't just me who's flabbergasted by it. And, I, you know, I don't really give a damn about the software. I own it. Like I said, I own it. It just was that they, I don't see them going out of their way to help. Anyway, enough of that. Uh, this episode of the MyMac.com podcast is sponsored by MacSales.com. Thanks very much to MacSales. Uh, check them out if you're looking to market for RAM, hard drives, all kinds of stuff. We'll go, into, mon we'll, we'll go into all their stuff next week in a proper commercial, but I do want to give them thanks for sponsoring this show. And I also want to say make sure you tune in next week when we're back live on Ustream because we're going to have a contest. Now, Obviously, anybody listening didn't get to participate in the Apple quiz that we did last week at both the ProSoft Engineering booth and, and spec. the spec booth. Right. Uh, and you can, like I said, and, and uh, Owen was mentioning earlier, in, or I'm sorry, Sam was mentioning earlier, that we do have video of that contest up on MyMac.com. But next week, we're going to have a contest, and it's going to be with spec, and it's going to give you guys, the listeners at home, a chance to win something. Uh, it's either going to be, and it's going to be your choice, it's going to be a case for your iPod, or one of the clear case type of things for your MacBook or MacBook Pro. And those things are great. Those things are really great. So we will give a lot more information next week on the contest. It's going to be really easy. You don't have to take a quiz like the people at the Macworld Expo had to. All you have to do is send an email in, and we'll give you more of those details next week. Right, David? Hey, hey yeah. Tim. Yeah. W will I have to hold up the, the computer again? <laughs> no, no, just the microphone. Just okay. the microphone this time. Uh, and by the way, uh, Guy, thanks very much for doing that. It was uh, oh, sure. It was no, I'm just kidding. I'm just Mark kidding. Rudd, uh, big news of the week, and we're not going to get into a whole lot of detail because I think it's been covered um, so much online that everybody listening to this podcast already knows about it and already has their opinion. But Steve Jobs stepped down as Apple CEO for about five and a half months due to health issues. Yeah, it's uh, definitely the the big news, uh, not only just with Apple, but on the uh, the stock front, on the business front. Uh, it's it, it's kind of veiled in in, uh, in in a little bit of the words that were used in his email to the Apple employees. Evidently, he has complicated 
issues in his in his health dilemma that he's going through right now and and we don't know we don't know what what's going on exactly but we know that his health is keeping him from being able to do his job he's going to come back in june he says and uh, tim cook has uh, stepped in and i don't know if anybody has looked at at uh, his background but uh, very there capable seems, man yeah there seems to be a lot of uh, discussion uh, online and and in the business community that he uh, is going to do a credible job so um so far so good we hope we wish steve well we want him to come back healthy and, and would like him to be able to come back to the company but um, i'm hopeful that people will be able to let him uh heal and and have some peace yeah david cohen we don't really care well let me change that we do care we we hope he comes back to apple computer but yeah. Uh, we just want Steve Jobs to to be healthy and and be with his family. And if he comes back to Apple, great. And if he doesn't, Apple Computer will continue on just fine without him. But just as long as the guy's okay, right? Absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah. I, Tim Cook ran ran the company six months before the last time uh, Steve had to take some time off for health health reasons. And yeah, it doesn't. In in my mind, it doesn't matter at all. What exactly is wrong with him? Whether he just feels that you know, in order to recover from from whatever he's got, he needs to take a break. I mean, running running a company like Apple must be quite stressful. And, uh, and top I, on that, he was he was the head of Pixar for a long time. Exactly. And he's on the he's one of the main Disney guys board. over at Disney now. So exactly. I mean, yeah. You know, so so I would imagine that. Yeah, any any sort of any sort of job that's going to cause you stress is going to make it more more difficult to recover from any particular health issues. So, if you read um, the New York Times report on this, they said Tim has been running the company for quite some time, actually. Yes, I, I saw that too. Day to day operations have been Tim. Uh, so absolutely. you know he's yeah, already and, knows and, what to do. And 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 you know Steve Steve said in, in his note to the Apple employees that he will still be involved in strategic decisions. So it's not like he's disappearing completely from the company for, during the six month period. And you know um, things will go on as they always have done. I'm quite sure. And um, well, what I said before was that Steve Jobs pretty much handpicked all the executives at Apple. And if you trust Steve Jobs to do what's best for Apple, and I do, don't you, guy? Oh yeah. So if you trust Steve Jobs to do what's best for Apple, a company that he co-founded, that he just poured so much time, he became a rock star at, uh, creating some of the very best software and hardware imaginable, uh, at least in the technology industry. If this is his hand-picked team, I'm pretty confident that these people know what they're doing and that Apple can survive just fine without Steve Jobs. Do you agree with that guy? Yeah, I, I think that this will be a relatively smooth transition for you know for at least this five and a half months. And I, I've noticed I was checking the stock price at the end of the day; it only went down like a little more than two bucks. So I think a lot of other people feel the same way. Yeah. So enough of Steve Jobs' health. Uh, we just send him, like Mark said, we we wish him the best and a, a speedy recovery, and uh, stay close to his uh, friends and family, and just get healthy. The uh, other big news, I think, was Wire takes down a video of how to install Mac OS X on a netbook, which included links to a hacked version of Mac OS X. What's up with that guy? Yeah, uh, apparently there was a, uh, a writer, I uh, can't, can't see what his name is, but he, he, had, he had done a video sh- showing how to install OS X on, like, an MSI Wind. And yeah, I think there's, there's somebody else I know of that, that did that. But That's why uh, I was laughing. Yeah, the... Uh, <laughs> The the problem the problem that Apple had wasn't that people are doing this or that that you know they're not buying Macs or whatever you know I mean they're buying OS X. The problem they had with the article itself was that they included links to 
hacked versions of OS X. And, uh, you know, you yeah. start messing around with, with their revenue stream in that way, yeah, they're going to get on you. That That's pretty stupid, isn't it, Mark? Oh, my goodness. I, I think it's uh, an indication that the, some people just weren't thinking when they were doing it. But I don't know if it – and what do you think about this, Tim? Do you think it is a sign that Apple is – is beginning to kind of see what's going on with the netbook craze and is maybe no, I think it, to defend I, it? No, I think that it has more to do with that Wired is linking to pirated Apple software. Apple software, so, yeah. yeah. It's just the stupidity of Wired then, basically. Oh, and what happened to Wired? This used to be just a great magazine, a lot of ethics, but I don't know, lately, between this and their uh, recent article about um, some people are saying that Steve Jobs' health is much worse than it is, and he's going to die, and he's never coming back to Apple. They just posted that like yesterday, and, I, and it was completely unfounded rumors. I'm thinking, what is going on with Wired Magazine? This used to be a great magazine. It's Owen. more like a tabloid these days. Did we lose you, Owen? No, I'm here. I, the comment I was thinking, too, from Apple's point of view, they don't want you hooking to bootleg software or whatever you want to call it, hack software, also, because you know what happens, you're going to install that on the netbook, and when it crashes, who are you going to blame? Yeah, but what do you think oh, about Wired? Do you think, things, you know? yeah, do you think Wired is going downhill? I do think I, Wired is. I used to. I subscribe. I don't subscribe anymore. No, neither did I. I. I it was still a it's, thick magazine, but it was three quarters ads, and the rest of it was just had nothing to really to do with technology. It was getting bored. It seemed like they had an agenda, and ugh. Some sense. Like, some so, like so many of the other. Like so many of the other um, online sites now, they're looking for clicks. They're looking for no, no. This is the actual and, magazine, Owen. Right? Oh, is it? Yeah. So it's why did you online. stop, it's... Owen? Why did you stop subscribing to Wired? I that was you. That was weird. Could could you hear me? I said, why did you stop subscribing to Wired? Yeah, I'm sorry. I stopped just because I didn't find the magazine interesting anymore. Either it used to be kind of hip and on the leading edge, and now they sort of seem to be sensationalistic with their stories. Yeah. You know, oh my God, this is going to happen, kind of stuff. So I just stopped reading it. I, you know, maybe it's it only happens occasionally. I don't know because I don't read it anymore. Yeah, just Any, just one just one thing on that on that um, that story though, Tim. If anybody is interested in looking at, at running OS ten on one of these machines. It is perfectly possible, and I know because I have done it myself, to install the retail version of Leopard onto a onto a netbook. Yeah, um, and you, you posted just need, an article you, on that. Yeah, you, well, you just, all you need is a is a is a to download a bootloader to get you through the uh, through the initial um, BIOS BIOS process, uh, and you can install the retail version. So, if you are interested in doing this and you want to try it on this one of these machines, please just. Just use a use a retail copy. Go yeah, and find use a out license that way. Copy doing it. for God's sake! You know, yeah. it's so twenty nine bucks. David, it used to be that the software wasn't checked to keep it from running on non Apple machines. Is that not the case? Yes, um, it does it, check. It yeah, it, it it does something in the boot process, but um, if you yeah, use it's a different, look, it's, looking, diff- it's looking for the EFI uh, EFI boot. exactly. Yeah, but you can, if you use a different bootloader, then you don't need to do that. Uh, and oh. um, that's that's the way around it, and uh, as I say, you know, you use the retail CD, you can get Apple updates, and um, you know, any any issues you have are just going to be driver related, and that's by far away the the best way of doing it. When you download something from a torrent site, you just don't know what you're going to get. Exactly. Uh, so to wrap up the podcast, I want to direct people up to mymac.com. We've got just a ton of content from oh, yeah. last week during the MacWorld Expo. Uh, I don't want to thank all the writers that were there as well as those who were not that was pitching in behind the scenes. Oh, yeah. Uh, Larry, 
um, John, R, David. Just a lot of people were, were chipping in in the background, making MyMac.com stay up to date and much, much smoother than if I was posting everything myself. Yeah, yeah because <laughs> I mean, we, we had so much bandwidth. Yeah, exactly. It was, <laughs> it was, it was wretched. But there's a lot it, of content. We do have a couple of non-Macworld-related uh, posts that went up this week. One of them is the Air Curve Review from Robert Hazelrig. Uh, and that's kind of cool. I actually had a demo of that at the Macworld Expo while I was doing the podcast with the MacMod guys. I was actually on their show. And uh, the Griffin Technology people were in there, and I got to, a, a chance to look at it. Kind of neat. It just basically amplifies the the built-in speakers on the iPhone. That was kind of right. neat. Don't forget and we Carolyn. Have, yeah, and we have a video review of the Jelliskins from Carolyn. And uh, she was a fantastic person. The first time we met her was at the Macworld Expo this year, and yeah. she already did a video for us. You can see her in another video that I posted up online. Uh, did you notice that guy? No, I didn't. Where is that? Yeah, yeah. If you go up to around the Macworld Expo 09 showroom floor, I posted up on January 14th as a video, and it's it's basically quick clips from different vendors on the showroom floor. It's a couple minutes. Oh yeah, long. you were using the flip minnow. Yeah, the flip minnow, and uh, Guy Searle is in it talking to Caroline at one point, and I also put that clip in there. I don't know if you remember this when we were standing outside. I was shooting some of the scenery from the outside the Moscone Center. Well, I'd go back to you real quick, and you'd give me that silent scream. Oh, is that on there? No, yeah, I haven't seen yeah. <laughs> That's toward the end. you got to watch that. Nice. You'll get a okay, kick out of that. Yeah. And it was great timing on your part, by the way. That was. Oh, that yeah, was because great. I am nothing but the time master. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, of course, uh, Bill Palmer still blogs at our site, and he just posted a link up to his, the 30th issue of iProng Magazine. Great man. And uh, absolutely, really had a good time with Bill. I went to the the fifth anniversary party and actually saying him happy birthday over the microphone at the bar. I, I so wish I could have been there for that. Yeah. Me that, too. I'm so that, sorry. I missed it. No. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've got it on video if you ever want to watch it, but trust me, you don't. Um, I want to but, thank him for giving my, our, my new company. And he also has an article in iProng magazine number 30 about my application, big words for the iPhone. So if you're an iPhone user, go oh, buy big words, do me the favor but more so than buying big words, I, I do want to make a request of everybody listening to the show, go up to iTunes and write us a review of the show. Yes. Whether you important. like it or hate it or whatever. Very important. Well, if you hate write it, don't something. write a review. But if you do like it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. please go up to iTunes, uh, go to the MyMac.com podcast page. And just write a quick review. We'd really appreciate it. We're trying to bump up our reviews. Uh, I learned during the Macworld Expo that Apple actually does take a look at those reviews and stuff gets featured based on those reviews. And since I never, ever pushed it in the almost five years that we've been doing this show, uh, we've, we don't never, have that been, many. we've never yeah. been featured on the, you know, the main pages of iTunes. Uh, even though that we haven't, we still are always growing our audience. We've got a lot of listeners. Um, but, you know. Every little bit helps. So, guys, I'd really appreciate it if you can go up to iTunes and just write a quick review, and uh, it'll, it'll really help us out. Anything else, David Cohen, before I wrap it here? No, it's all good for me, and i um, looking forward to getting back into the, uh, the, the swing of our regu- regular podcast schedule. Yeah, this this really wasn't a regular podcast for us. It was kind of hectic, and that's mostly my fault because I was unprepared, which... Uh, quite honestly, I, you know, I'm trying to pat myself on the back. I'm usually very prepared for the show, but tonight, you know, with Macworld last week and starting to get back in the groove of things, um, I just ran behind and, and just didn't get it done. I blame uh, myself. 
Mark Rudd, I wanted to thank you personally on the air for uh, what you did last week during the Macworld Expo. You stayed oh, yeah. an extra day. Uh, it was a pleasure to to meet you again at the Macworld Expo, and it's just been a real pleasure for all of us at MyMac that you joined us, man. We really appreciate you and everything you've done, and we continue to look forward to seeing what you're going to do in the future. Hey, it was uh, really an awesome, uh, a privilege and an honor to be able to take the time and come for the regular days and the extra day. I'll tell you, I, I've said it a couple of times, it just felt like family. You know, it felt like a bunch of guys all together uh, on, a, on a road trip, if you will, having a good time, enjoying what they do. And so thanks a lot for the opportunity. Oh, we really appreciate it. I mean, uh, you, you bring a lot, and we can't wait to see what you're going to bring in the future. Guy Searle? Yes. Even though, even though you snore way too loud. You take up- <laughs> I couldn't bring my CPAP machine. It was just too damn big. So he, and it really sucked because Guy almost always fell asleep before me. So it's like, oh, crap. He's asleep. He's snoring. I'm never going to get to sleep. Um, and even though you take way too much space on the damn air, airline and <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the red eye back between sitting between you and some other guy, I didn't even get a chance to really lean back in my chair comfortably. Uh, I still enjoyed my week with you, man. I, yeah. I appreciate rooming up. Oh, with it was me. great. I, appre- I appreciate you driving uh, from the airport back to your house on those icy roads. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of nasty, wasn't it? Yeah. Owen Rubin, you've been with us since January of 2004. So that makes uh, this your fifth year anniversary at MyMac. Oh, no. Can it's you believe fun. that? It's been, no, it's, it's been that long. Wow. Your, your first article was Macworld San Francisco 2004 Report, the Rubin Report. I don't think the Rubin report ever returned. But <laughs> <laughs> but Rubin did. Rubin did, but the Rubin report never did. Hey, Mark, uh, we missed you on Friday, by the way. Yeah, I would have loved to have been there as well. <laughs> but could do it. I did just, I just, just generic walking around. It would have been great to have you walking around and commenting. It's just so. Well, Tim, it's I'm, a pleasure I'm to still... meet you, and I missed you there. Yeah, I was. It was an awesome time to meet everybody. Just Tim, I just can't even begin to tell you. <clears throat> What a wonderful staff we have here at MyMac. I mean, you know that already, but I'm, I've am i met people, great people, and i just uh, so happy do, to be here. I do know that, and I am eternally grateful to the folks at MyMac.com, without whom MyMac.com would be a very boring blog site that I would post to maybe once every two or three weeks. Because <laughs> YouTube videos, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And YouTube videos, absolutely. And YouTube videos. And yeah. unboxing. Unboxing, absolutely. We'll we have, have to get, get back to unboxing. We we will get back to the unboxing. I kind of put a stop to it because of the the holiday season and Macworld Expo coming up, and it was just it's been crazy. So, but anyways, guys, it was a it was a real blast at the Macworld Expo. I I really really hope that there is a Macworld Expo next year and the here, year here. after, whether it's what it has been. Um, I don't care as long as it continues. I look forward to changes and. If they're going to have a Macworld Expo, we'll probably be there covering it. So, uh, Tim, for, if uh, if our canoe company is successful, I might even sponsor you to Macworld Expo. There you go. Cool. I, there we you can go. do that. <laughs> so for Owen, Guy, Mark, David, Sam, and Bob Levitas, I'm Tim Robertson, and we'll see you next week. And if you are here next week, make sure you join us live on Ustream, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Thanks for listening. And thank you for downloading and listening to the MyMac.com podcast.